0: Thank you for downloading this podcast from Awakening Trash. Uh, Daniel Chaney asked if I was going to put a cup of tea on the screen, and um, <laughs> Ryan Lawson told me he's going to fall asleep listening to me, so I'm already super encouraged uh, <laughs> coming out here. And, and I'll just say to you, I can guarantee by the end of the message, you'll be like my wife, you'll be so over my accent. Trust me, it'll, it won't last long. Um, do you want to know the three things I have to say the most in Louisville? Three things. Number one, no, I'm not from Australia. <laughs> number two, thank you. I love your accent too. <laughs> and number three, no, I have never met the Queen. <laughs> Just so you know. So that's the three things I say the most. Um, but it, it really is It's an honour and a privilege to share... The Word of God here at Awakening uh, we've been here for over a year now, and it's just crazy just how quickly time flies and we're just so blessed to be here. all the people here are amazing um, we just want to be where want to be present where god's presence is present <laughs> and this is the place and uh, so every time we've come we're just uh, blown away by the Holy Spirit so this is an awesome spot um, Today I want to speak with you about navigating transition. Um, I just feel it's significant just because, one, where awakening is right now, um, and and I feel like I'm gonna get 100% hit rate because if you're part of awakening, you're in transition. Uh, It's what you're experiencing corporately right now. Uh, But more than that, I've had people I know say, they're going through transition, that they're experiencing that. They feel like God is moving them on into different places. Um, and, and I think personally, it's been our season. We've been in transition. Um, we left the UK two years ago. And I, I think when you experience something, your ears are sensitive to hear it from everywhere else. So as soon as you hear it, you're listening, listening. Listening and you're picking up what's being said because you know that there's stuff that you need to take on board. And so really, um, this is probably a verbal process of everything that I've learned through transition, and hopefully uh, some things that you guys will be able to take on board with you as well. So um, we know that transition in its very nature, it's an in-between place, right? Has anyone ever been in an in-between place? You've not quite, what you've departed, but you're not quite arrived, you, you're somewhere in the middle and you just feel like it's a, a little bit uneven, if you like. Has anyone ever felt that? Just me? Okay. <laughs> and, and here's the reality. You know, if you're not in transition now, you will be at some point. And that's not prophecy, it's just reality. <laughs> um, things are changing all the time. Things are shifting. And so we need to know how to navigate Transition. Uh, I've got three points for you today and a conclusion. I, I am charismatic, but I'm also British, so <laughs> I, I like to do things in a very ordered way. Um, our favorite verse in England is God is not a God of disorder. We, we, you know, I, oh my gosh, I, this isn't what I wanted to say, none of it. Um, but I tell you, one of the greatest proofs of the res, resurrection of Jesus Christ is charismatic English people, because it's. <laughs> Uh, I'm serious one of my I tell this story it's so funny Uh, okay so this guy that I um, when I was at Bible school the principal he would take groups of college students away they would go on retreats and they would go and pray on this one one occasion they went down to the the coast to the beach and all the college students are on the beach and they're um, out there and they're worshiping God and their hands in the air praying in tongues and uh, the principal was just walking on the promenade at the top. And this woman came towards him, and she had like four little po- poodles, little dogs. And she's walking her dogs, looking down at the beach like this, you know, or seeing all these students' hands in their hair. And she sees the principal, and she walks up to him. And she says, quite strange, isn't it? <laughs> she says, it's quite strange what they're doing down there at the beach. <laughs> I don't, quote, know what's going on down there. Do you know what's going on? He goes, hmm, a little strange. And she said, well, what do you think about that? And he says, oh, I'm one of those too, and walks away with his hands in the air praying in tongues. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's charismatic British people. So, um, and all my points, they start with the letter E. Two were on accident, and because I had two, I had to get the third one on purpose. So I've got for you, this is what we're looking at this morning. We're going to talk about embracing transition, in transition and enjoy in transition. And we're going to wrap it up. We'll just look at the purpose of transition. So if you guys want to come with me, we're going to start in Acts chapter 8. And we're going to read verses 4 to 8. And uh, I'm doing this from the New Living Translation. I think lovely Lisa was able to, to get that for us. So Acts chapter 8, 4 to 8. Okay, let me read this for you guys. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told the people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Man, I love that passage. The sick are healed. People are getting set free from demons. The gospel's being preached. And if you carry on reading down that passage, we know that Peter and John, they come into the mix, and people are getting filled with the Spirit. People are getting saved. It sounds like revival right there in this city, right? Come down to verse 26 and 27, because something incredible happens. It says this, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Kandake, the queen of Ethiopia. Let's stop there. You know, as I read this passage, I'm absolutely stunned. Here we are in this city, you know, Philip shows up, And Jesus shows up. People are getting healed. People are getting set free. God is on the move. And he's right in the middle of revival. And then he gets this word, all right, I want you to go now. I want you to leave. I want you to get up and leave everything you're seeing me doing here. And I want you to take the desert road. What would you have said? See, because if I'm in a place where I'm seeing everything that I'm desiring to see if I'm in that sweet spot with God where I'm moving in that which God has called me to do and I hear a voice say to me now I want you to to leave this and go somewhere else I might question that now I know that he had an encounter with an angel I don't know what that looked like we know that angels sometimes appear as men we sometimes it could be a vision I don't know what that looked like but still I don't know what I would have done if that was me maybe the question would have been is that you Lord Is that you speaking to me right now? But Philip's actions and his words, they're remarkable. And they actually show us how we can embrace transition when we face it ourselves. So what does he do? He receives the word of the Lord and he goes. (laughs) He gets the word and it seems pretty immediate. He says he starts out. The moment he gets the word, he's gone. He receives the word of God. And he's on the move. The first thing I notice is just how lightly Philip holds things. How lightly he holds things. He he didn't walk away thinking, man, I I don't know how revival is going to be sustained without me. (laughs) He didn't call this big meeting. He didn't get Peter and John together and say, listen, guys, you've got to be good. This is what we're doing. This is what's going on. Just want to make sure everything's right before I leave. He just gets up and goes. How could he do this? How was he able to embrace transition? I think I know the answer. I think Philip had a really healthy perspective of who God was and who he was. I believe that he knew that he was special but not important. He knew that God was more than capable of taking care of revival without him God was going to be okay if Philip left. He was going to be okay. He could hold things lightly because he was special but not important. You know what? Sometimes it can be difficult to let things go and move on because we think we are needed to keep things going where we are. Can I be honest with you? I would say this is probably one of the hardest truths I've learned personally. Um Ryan mentioned I was pastoring in London for five years. And when I left to come here, I think I thought in some ways, man, the church might fall apart a little bit. You know, it's, it's still okay. Did you know that? It's still going. They're still meeting. Nobody's dying of spiritual malnutrition. Everyone's, <laughs> everyone's good in London right now. So then there was, that was that part of it. So when I came here, I thought, well, surely God's going to put me straight back in the mix because, hey, I'm a pastor. That's what you do. Here I am two years later, not pastor in a church, and God's still okay. <laughs> I mean, I thought the whole thing would have been wrapped up by now. I thought we would were, we were all be in heaven by now because Lee Mia is not in ministry anymore. But that's not the case. I was out... And I'm really happy. My mother-in-law and father-in-law are right back there. You can give us a wave. That's Rick and Janice right there. Um, So while I was waiting for my green card, I had the pleasure, I will say, of helping my father-in-law with some construction stuff. And he's really great at that stuff, and I'm not. So um, I was literally a handyman, because all I did was hand him tools the whole time, (laughs) what he needed to do the job. And on this one occasion, we were out at a a pool, and we were pressure washing washing this pool deck. And... um, I was doing this and then I just had this moment of realization, you know, how did I go from the pulpit to the, no, yeah, the pulpit to the pressure washer? (laughs) How did that happen? But it was almost like the pressure was being washed away because I saw that I wasn't needed, I was wanted. That I'm not important. And when I say important, it's about being required and needed. It's not about value and worth. It's about being required for something. But when you're special, it's about being wanted and desired. That is, man, do you know what I love about America? You guys are so vocal. Huh? Uh, <laughs> sometimes in England, like, people are looking at me like they're going to kill me and afterwards they say, that's the best message I've ever heard. And I'm like, tell your face, you know. <laughs> um, But I think it was, you know, I carried a weight that wasn't mine to carry. And it was really hard to, to let go because I thought I was important, but I didn't realize actually that was special and not important. He calls us to partnership, not to ownership. We are sons, we're not saviors. And if we get that, we're going to be liberated. It's his pleasure. You know, it says that in the Bible, it's his pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's not our burden to receive it it's not our burden to receive it. We're special, but not important. In transition, you can trust God has got where you are leaving so you can embrace where you're going. That's it right there. You know, I love, uh, if you carry on with this story, after Philip meets the eunuch, he, um, it says he's lifted off by the spirit, right? We love that part where he's lifted off to another town. We're all like, man, I wish I could experience that. I want to, I want to be lifted up like that. And I think that just tells me something of how lightly he held things that God could just lift him in the spirit and he's gone to another's place. Um, I saw this, uh, this boy and his father out at the park once and they had a kite and this boy was holding so tightly to the kite and he was running as fast as he could and then he would just let the kite go and it just boom, hit the ground, you know, nothing. And then you saw the father and he just like, he picked up the kite and he's just holding it so lightly, just waiting for it to catch the wind. And the moment it catches the wind, it's gone. And I thought, you know, as believers, we want to be like the movie, right? We want to be gone with the wind, don't we? (laughs) We want to be holding things so lightly that when the Holy Spirit says go, we're gone. We're just on the move straight away. So I mentioned that Philip's actions told us how we can embrace transition, but it's also his words. Do you know what Philip says when God tells him to go? He says, absolutely nothing. And his silence speaks volumes. Do you know that it's from where he was in Samaria, he was told to take the desert road from Jerusalem to Gaza. Well, it's a two to three day walk to Jerusalem. And then it's about a day's walk from Jerusalem to Gaza. So let's say conservatively, he might have met the eunuch three and a half, four days after leaving What do you think he was thinking about while he was walking that desert road? If it was me, I would be thinking about all the things I was seeing God doing when I was in revival. I would have been thinking about, man, just how God had showed up. I would have been thinking about all the people, maybe like the stories of the people that came and were healed, the people that were set free. I would have been thinking about all of that. And now here he is in the desert. It would have been Easy for Philip to start comparing where he was to where he was previously, right? But he doesn't do it. He doesn't say a word. He just keeps moving forward. This is a key for embracing transition. It's okay to reminisce, you know that? And it's okay to be nostalgic. It's good to recount good things from the past. But we have to be careful, especially in transition, that that doesn't become comparison. Let me explain what I mean. Sometimes I like to think about England. Sometimes I'll be sitting there and I'm thinking, I really want to eat a sausage roll. Or I really want to eat sticky toffee pudding. Amen back there? Charlotte told me earlier she needed a sozo after coming back from the UK because she didn't have sticky toffee pudding anymore. And Ellen, by the way, promised to make some, which she hasn't done yet. So um, (laughs) I miss... (laughs) No pressure, you. Um, <laughs> I miss country pubs. And I, and I sit there thinking about country pubs. Or Sunday roast ends. I, I think about real football, you know. <laughs> 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 and, and that's OK. And it's good and right to think about the things that, that mean something to you. The danger is when you start to compare that with where you are right now. When I go, well, I can't have a sausage roll. And there is no sticky toffee puddy at Ellen. There's no. And the football world it's a little different over here. But at least I know how to set the edge now. I know how to set the edge after last week. But then that tail spins into something else. I want to be back where I was. I want to go back. See, comparison leads to complaining. And complaining will get you stuck right where you are. Israel was like that, right? They came out of Egypt and they're in this wilderness and it's the comparison to where they were. Even though they were in slavery, they were getting food and they were looking at where they are going, you know what, I'm comparing to where I was. And so that led to lots of complaining and that led to them being stuck right where they were. It would have been easy for Philip to compare or complain. You've got to think about this. Here he is in this place seeing life, He's seeing people born again. So he's seeing life and reproduction. And he's sent to a place where there's no life to meet a eunuch who cannot reproduce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just kept moving forward. And do you know what happens? See, if we, we can't judge what we see in the natural to determine whether we're in the right place right, in transition. Right, right. But here's, here's the deal. He left a revival in a city to m- meet one who had influenced to spark revival in a nation. Wow. 60% Christian Ethiopia is now. Do you know that? <laughs> 60% wow. who to say it wasn't to start with that eunuch that day because Philip didn't compare, didn't complain, just kept moving forwards in transition. It's okay to be nostalgic, but as believers, do you know that we need to be more nostalgic looking forward than we are looking backwards because of where we're going is with him? Yes! <laughs> You're able to embrace transition when you don't compare or complain. Keep moving forwards. Keep going. Okay, let's have a look at um, enduring transition now. So if you guys want to come with me, we're in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. You guys doing okay? Yeah. All right. Still good with the accent? Are we good for now? All right. Good stuff. All right. No pictures of cups of tea have come up yet, so we're, we're doing all right. Okay. All right, Mark 4, 35 to 41. You guys will know this story well. It says this, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher! Don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other, even the winds and waves obey him. This is just another amazing passage on transition. it tells me something that sometimes when you're in transition, some storms are going to blow up. You're going to encounter some storms in transition. Philip was in the desert, right? And and we've got the disciples that were in the storm. And sometimes if you put the two together, you end up with desert storm, which is a little bit of a war zone. And it can feel like that when you're in transition, when you're in a place where you've departed and not quite arrived, it can feel a little bit like a war zone. I heard a, a saying someone said once, That destiny is through the doorway, but it's hell in the hallway. (laughs) Does that sound true to some of you guys if you've been in transition? It's like hell is coming at you in transition. There can be fear. There can be anxiety. There can be confusion. There can be stress. There can be lots of things coming against you when you're in transition. So here are these disciples. They're in this boat. This swell rages up. They're freaking out. They don't know what to do. And so they go and wake Jesus up. He rebukes the waves and then he rebukes them. (laughs) He says, where is your faith? And I think sometimes we can think he's rebuking them for not having enough faith to stop the storm. Listen, I'm all about storm chasing and I think we should be good at storm erasing, right? We can be good at that as believers, but I don't think it was Jesus's intention to wake up at all. If you go back to the first verse in this passage, verse 35, this is the most important thing for us to be able to endure transition. What does Jesus say? He says, let's go to the other side. God's plan was not to stop the storm in transition, but for his word to sustain them through it. Jesus could sleep because he trusted the word that God had said, and he knew that his word was intrinsically tied to his nature And he knew that he would see his word through. He can be trusted to perform his word. When you trust his word, you're trusting his nature. Do you know that? I think there's times when personally, I I oscillate between rest and panic. Sometimes I can look a little bit like Jesus in transition. And sometimes I look like the disciples. Anyone there? Okay, that's good. Um, it, It usually happens when I take my eyes off what God has said. And then I put my eyes onto what I'm currently seeing. I remember when we moved here, um, Amanda came maybe three or four weeks before me, and uh, I had to clean up the house, which I appreciate, darling. Thank you for letting me do that. And um, I remember closing the door on the house, and we have no money, got no job, don't know anybody really where we're coming here. And I felt like this moment, I, it was like this, God says, I never leave you nor forsake you. In that moment, I had nothing, but I had everything. And it was beautiful. Can I tell you, that was immediately followed by, well, what are you going to do? Where are you going to work? Who do you know? Where are your friends? What's life going to look like? Where are you going to go to church? What's this going to be? And it, the scenario, it, it snowballs into, I'm dead in a ditch. You, know? you, can see, you can see where it goes. It goes down that road... Into the times that I look to God more than myself, I can be really godly in transition. But the times I look to myself more than God, it can be really ugly in transition. Are you in transition right now? There might be a specific word, a prophetic word that God has spoken to you Speaking directly to where you are right now. You know, when the storms arise, you need to go and pour over those words. Go back to those words because they're the words that are to to sustain you through the storm that you're facing. If you don't have a prophetic word, you have promises, promises that tell you you're going to the other side. He finishes the work he started. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. You're going to the other side. Maybe... God didn't call you into a transition maybe some choices you say I've made some choices that have caused me to be into transition can I tell you that you're going to the other side because we worship a God who's bigger than the choices we make you're going to the other side and maybe someone else has done something that has caused you to be in transition you know God's a redeemer and he's greater than the failures of others and can I tell you that you're going to the other side it doesn't change it doesn't change I don't know the cause of your transition, but it doesn't affect who your source is in transition. The enemy is always going to point you to the storm, but never to the one who's with you in it, right? It might be hell in the hallway, but the one who conquered hell walks with you through that hallway. So you are going to the other side. Trusting God through transition doesn't mean you won't encounter storms, but it does mean that you can rest through them. You can endure. You can get through. Um, Two weeks ago, me and Kian went to watch Louisville City football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. Um, And the weather forecast was thunderstorms, torrential rain, basically don't go. But we went. So we went and I thought there was going to be an umbrella in the car when we arrived and we parked. There's no umbrella. So I've got this light jacket on. Kian, yeah, he didn't have really anything. So we're, we're running and by the time we get into the stadium, we're soaked, we're soaking wet. And the game gets suspended after 37 minutes because there's lightning and the field looks like a river. This game isn't isn't carrying on. And so people are waiting it out in this just to see what happens. And I said, listen, we're just, we're just going to go. So me and Kim run. And it's like running to the cars, like running through the Ohio. The, the water's like up to here. Our feet are soaked. We're completely drenched. And we get in the car. And then I said to Kim, all right, let's let's go home, buddy. So we get in the car, we start driving, and I'm not joking, we're like hydroplaning as we're going, it's, it's scary. And I was driving on 71, I'm going 25 miles an hour, and I, my face is right up to the windscreen, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm scared. We get rain in England, but you get rain here, you know, you get rain <laughs> right here. Um, and I said, and Kim's like, are we okay? And I said, yeah, we're going home. And then he says to me, all right, I'm going to take a nap, daddy. I'm like, are you serious? You know, I I don't know if we're going to make it home. And you're like saying, talking about having a nap. (laughs) And so he just, he's gone. He's asleep. And then we get home and I, he's still asleep. I carry him up the stairs and and I put him to bed. How could he sleep? You know why? I said, we're going home. He put more trust in the word of his dad than the storm that was raging against him. I said, we're going home and he rested in that word. You know, the point is we need to trust the word of the Lord to sustain us through transition and any storms that arise. Trusting in his word is trusting in his nature and you'll be able to endure transition. All right. One more point on the purpose. Are we good? Carry on a little bit more. All right. So we've looked at embracing and enduring transition, but there's also a place for enjoying Transition. Uh, in the, Luke 24, if you guys want to come, I'm not going to read the whole thing because of time, but um, we find the story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And that's uh, from verse 13 to 35. You know the story, right? So it's after the resurrection of Jesus, and there are these disciples that are walking back to Emmaus, and Jesus comes alongside them. They're downcast because everything that's happened, uh, and so he asks them the question. Jesus can be a little bit naughty sometimes. Like, oh, what's up? What's going on? You know, he's... I love that. Um, and we know what happens. He, he starts to share with them, right, from the word of God about himself, about his nature. Look what it says in verse 30 to 32. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? We'll stop right there. I think it's amazing that the first thing they, what they didn't say after Jesus went was, whoa, we've just seen Jesus. The first thing they talk about is how their hearts were burning in transition on the road on the way home. There was joy in transition. Their hearts were burning. that They were ablaze. There was joy. There was something going on in the inside as Jesus was revealing his nature to them on the way back. In transition. You know, I can't wait to see Jesus face to face. But I don't want to miss the joy of the journey. Sometimes in transition, it's really easy to be looking at where you want to be rather than where you are right now. And that can cause anxiety and frustration, right? We, we know that. And some of you guys know that we're renovating our house right now because it's really all we talk about. And um, if you ask me the question, how's the house going, you see my face drop a little bit. And, and i tell you why. Because I think about all the things that still need to be done. And if I'm thinking about all the things that still need to be done, there's anxiety. But if I stop and I look at actually what has been done, And if I look at actually what is happening right now, do you know there's no anxiety? There's actually joy because you can celebrate what is actually happening at this present time. If I look at what is going on, if we watch what God is doing right now, there can be joy in transition. A friend asked me some really great questions and I'll ask you, what is God saying to you right now? What aspects of his nature are you seeing right now? How are you engaging with Holy Spirit right now? Because if you shift your perspective to not where you're not, but actually where you are, (laughs) there can be joy in that right now. Joy in transition. You can experience that right now. I'm working with Soccer Shots, and um, we coach two to eight-year-olds how to play soccer. That's what we do. So we get them when they're two. And I've been into a daycare, I went into one recently, and there's a a classroom that says two-year-olds. There's a classroom that says three-year-olds, and there's one bang in the middle. Do you know what it's called? Transition. So I'm thinking, what am I going to see when I look through the window into transition? (laughs) Lots of confused, frustrated little people wishing they were three. (laughs) But do you know what you see when you look through into the transition room? Lots of happy joyful children really really happy to be two and a half they're literally enjoying transition you know why because they're not thinking about where they're not they're just enjoying right where they are right now you can enjoy what god is revealing about himself to you right now you can enjoy transition just going to close and we're going to look at the purpose of transition what's the point what is the point of transition because we can think that transition is moving from place to place. It's about moving. It's about the ministry to the ministry. Or it's about the job to the job. It's about the house to the house, the city to the city. And we can look at it and think it's about where we are going. Listen to what the meaning of transition is. It's the process or a period of changing from one state or condition to another. This isn't a little cheesy, but just bear with me. Can I say to you that transition is more about growing than it is about going? And it's also more about depth than it is about destination. And in some ways, our whole lives are a transition, right? When we get saved, we're in this constant transition because Jesus is conforming us to his image. So it's it's one whole journey. We're always, in some ways, we're always in transition. Always in transition. He is growing us up into maturity and he's taking us down into the depths of his love. That's what transition is all about. Um, The pastor I worked with in in London, he's a really good friend of mine, and he would say this thing to me, and it used to really wind me up. uh, Do you say wind me up? What should I say? I was really annoyed. Okay, um, (laughs) wind me up. You can use that now. It's it's yours. Um, And he would say this thing to me. He says, Lee, you need to know that you're not going anywhere. You're just growing up. And I would say, that's not true. I'm going everywhere and I'm going to do everything, you know. And I think I'm finally starting to understand what he was saying. Because no matter where you go, there you are. And it's all about who you are when you get there. (laughs) Because we can go running place to place and actually nothing's really changing if we're just thinking about getting to that place and not letting the stuff happen while we're in transition. Jesus is growing us up and he's taking us deep. Do you know that you're special but not important? Are you holding on to his word? Are you enjoying the journey? Do you know Your love, his love for you in a greater way? Are you discovering his nature? Are you growing in grace, in faith, in love, in hope? Do you trust him more? Do you know him more? Are you loving him more? Are you more sensitive to his voice? That's what transition is all about. It shifts your perspective when you know that transition it's not about going forward, but about growing up and going deep. I love that something that's said here, I think you said this, when we're talking about being rooted in home, was we don't want to be an inch deep and a mile wide, right? We want to go deep. And there's, a, there's something that helps me illustrate this. Lisa, can you put that picture up if you've got it? I'll show you something? If we can get it up here. OK, awesome, OK. So every time I go back to England, my da- I've got a daughter who's studying right now in London. And so she comes over here quite often. And when we go back, one of the things she wants me to do all the time is go to a theme park with her, which I do. Um, so she likes to ride roller coasters that scare the life out of me, but I do it. And one thing that she wants me to go on while we're in London is a ghost train. And I know that's a little bit demonic. Just bear with me for a second here. All right? All right. Because this ghost train isn't... I need to preface this with something. I know that... <laughs> I don't know how to recover from this now. Um, it's just a little bit of a thing. Because this ghost train was designed by an illusionist. His name's Darren Brown. I don't know if you've heard of him. And so the whole, the whole ride is designed to mess with your head. The whole thing is designed to mess with your head. And so what you do is you go into this room... And there is this train suspended from the ceiling by chains. You guys can see them coming down there. So this train is suspended by, uh, by these chains. And there's a walkway that goes to that carriage. And it's an old Victorian train. But when you go inside, it's a modern like London Underground train. So straight away, it's, it's starting to mess with you. And you sit down on this train and you put on this VR headset. And the VR headset is you on that train, but nobody's around you. So you can feel the people, but you can't see them. And it's, it's just the whole thing is confusing. Um, and then the train starts to rock, and it starts to move. And on the headset, you're going forwards. You're, you're off. You're moving. And so you're going along, and things are jumping out of you. I just close my eyes through that bit. And, and, then, and then this voice that someone says, quickly, quickly, get off the train, get off the train. And so everybody takes off their headsets, and they run off the train. And you're in a completely different place. Now, here's the problem. You start on this thing which is a carriage suspended by chains on a ceiling. And you're going, what on earth has just happened? Because there's nowhere to go. How on earth have I gotten from that to a completely different place? What, what is going on? And then you're, you're there and you're wondering what's happening. And he says, right, quickly, get back on the train, get back on the train. So you get back on the train, VR headset, no one around you, rocking, moving on along. And then you get off the train and you're back here. And you get off and everybody's looking around, like trying to see if there's like an invisible wall, (laughs) seeing what's going on. I figured it out. (laughs) I figured it out. There are signs around. And it says, no fracking, which means like no drilling down into the ground. Um, Lots of things that talk about depth. um, And I figured out that the whole time you think you're going forwards, the whole time you're actually going down and the train goes out of the bottom to another level be- below the ground. The illusion is you're going forward, and the whole time you're actually going deeper. <laughs> when we have that shift in perspective, it changes how you see the journey. There are gonna be, there's going to be some rocking, right? There might be some things jump out at you. I don't know. <laughs> There are going to be some deserts. There are going to be some storms. But if I understand that the point of transition is not about going forward, but about going deep with Jesus, I'm going to embrace transition. I'm going to endure transition. And I'm going to enjoy transition. Why don't you guys stand and we'll pray together. Father, we thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you that we can trust you with our lives. We can trust you with the in-between places. And Father, we can let things go because you've got that. And we can embrace where you're taking us. So we just speak a word of release right now if anyone feels stuck right where they are. There is freedom just to go. There's freedom. God's okay. He's got this. And you're special and not important. And Father, I thank you that we can in, endure because of your word sustains us. And right now, I even pray, Lord, that words that have been spoken, they will just get rekindled. Holy Spirit, you'll bring them to mind. Words that are there to sustain through transition if there are storms right now. I pray for those words because your words tie into your nature and we trust your nature to get us through. And God, I pray right now, if people are just feeling anxious about where they're at, God, you'll just show them what you're doing. Would you just speak the truth right now of what you're doing, what you're revealing about your nature, how you love them. God, I pray that they would just know right now just your goodness, your kindness. And God, I just thank you that you you complete the work you start. And right now, we just say, take us deeper, Lord. We don't want to... We don't want to miss it. We don't, want, we don't want transitions to be wasted. We want to go deep. We want to, we want to grow up. We want everything you want to do in us, God, because we know, we know that it brings us closer to the one we love. So, Jesus, we say, do what you want to do. Do what you want to do in transition. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. We just say yes to you right now. So have your way. You're a God who's in control. You're a God in charge, and we just trust ourselves to you. Have your way. It's in Jesus' name we are. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast from Awakening Church. You can find us at 1725 Research Drive in Louisville, Kentucky, or online at awakeningky.com.